As a mother, I rejected my own 11-year-old daughter. And was it because I was rejected by my own father, or is she evil? I'm a horrible mother because I have no connection with my 11-year-old daughter. I don't know if it's something lacking inside of me or if it's my daughter, Grace, but I have zero attachment towards her. She's as attractive as the other girls in her school and she gets good grades in school. But there is something inside me that tells me to reject her. It's almost like when you go to pour milk and you smell the milk before you pour it in an inch time, you get that familiar sour milk smell that tells you to don't drink it because it's something wrong. It's just hard to explain why I feel this way, but I think it has to do with the little things that continually add up. For example, we have a public trail that runs behind the back of our house. I was secretly watching her through my back window and I saw her pick up a dead frog that was probably run over by a bike. I shook my head in disgust as I thought to myself, what other 11-year-old girl with no diagnosed mental or intellectual disability would pick up a dehydrated dead frog with her bare hands. I don't even bother to run out of the house and tell her to drop the frog as I know what she'll do. Something else in the next few minutes equally as disturbing. My husband and I have done everything to make her like the other kids. From having her play soccer since she was five years old to joining Girl Scouts and I was even involved with various mom groups. But something just didn't click with my daughter. When she was 10, I went into her room one morning and I discovered that she cut off all of her hair in the middle of the night. So I had to shave her hair off and wait till it grew back in. That is something that I would never have done as a kid at her age. Maybe cut off a snippet of my hair. Then I'd get a set about it. She put the scissors or hold ahead, no regrets. I've taken her to several psychiatrists and each time they tell me that she's fine, they don't have to give them an example of what she does is inappropriate either and they don't believe me or grace puts on a really good performance we took her to disney world a few months ago uh, where she told me she had to go to the bathroom so i waited outside for the bathroom for her after about 15 minutes she didn't come out so i went to check on her and i was horrified to hear her playing in the toilet water i questioned her what she was doing that and she denied it but clearly her hand sounded like she was they were splashing in the toilet. So for the remainder of the trip, I was disgusted because I knew she had more weird antics to come. She's been ruled out for everything from autism to schizophrenia because she doesn't exhibit these behaviors in front of the specialist. I even learned not to be reactionary to ensure that she's not doing it for attention and it doesn't work. I've had both myself and Ted evaluated to ensure we weren't unknowingly contributing to her odd behaviors. We were also ruled out. You name it and everything has been ruled out, even her behaviors stemming from possible hidden sexual abuse. Because of her unworldly behaviors, I indistinctively reject her like a wild animal rejects the runt of her litter, which I try my hardest not to do. There is something that's just not right with her. I will go into her room at 3 a.m. in the morning, and she's just laying there in her bed with her eyes wide open. Then I go back at 4 a.m., and her eyes are still wide open. And this occurs every single night. She never comes into my bedroom and says, Mommy, I can't sleep. She's just laying in her bed all night like that. 
I really don't feel comfortable when she's alone with other other kids. We've had to move three times because her playmates have been mysteriously injured and eventually word gets out to them that my daughter was around the injured kids. So Ted and I decide the best to start over then face other parents attracting us. Each time we had questioned our daughter about how each kid got injured and she would always say that be adamant that she had nothing to do with it. The one 10-year-old boy was seriously injured. He had have his left arm amputated after. Grace and him took a walk together. The circumstances were really hazy where the boy little recall and only could remember that Grace and him were just walking. Each time we move, she doesn't care how I decorate her room or what type of decor she gets that I buy for her room. When we get her stuffed animals, books, posters, furniture, everything else that an 11-year-old girl would want, she could care less about it. But I had stumbled across something odd that I haven't been able to come up in, with an explanation. I had a, a cross, a pocket-sized Bible, and I tucked it away in her nightstand. And the next morning, she had removed it from her nightstand and placed it outside of her room. No matter where I hide the Bible in her room, she finds it and will either throw it in the garbage or put it in the kitchen. I don't hide the Bible every night in her room, but maybe like once a month and each time she'll find it and remove the Bible the next morning. Sounds like a trivial, but I think to myself that a million dollars could be hitting in my room and there's a chance that I would never find it. I still have these thoughts when I was in the hospital after delivering the baby where this one nurse just struck me as odd. I remember her telling me that she was working temporarily as an agency staff nurse because the hospital was on a nursing shortage. There was something that was just disingenuous about this nurse that I couldn't put my finger on. It seemed like the baby girl that I had given birth to wasn't the same baby girl that was handed to me later the same day. It would seem logical for me to get a DNA test. However, I have been terrified that my assumption is correct and my actual daughter is, well, I don't know where. Ted seems to handle the situation with our daughter much better than me. He could sense that I have rejected her and tries to compensate me by spending more time with her. Ted really got mad at me when I suggested a DNA test for our daughter. He has told me over and over again that he was in the living room when I gave birth to her and that our baby was the baby that we took home. I remember telling Ted at the hospital to keep an eye on the agency nurse, and he had brushed me off and told me that the nurse was fine. Ted really gets mad at me when he senses that I have a little, I have a little to no interest in our daughter. I just don't think that he realizes how I despise her and her devilishly odd actions and how her behaviors make me just not want to be around her. I finally got in at my wits end with Grace, where I no longer even want to be in the same room with her. And I have secretly put, purchased a DNA online test kit. When the DNA test kit arrived, I asked Grace to use a Q-tip to swab the inside of her mouth, which I played off as a at-home virus test, so she wouldn't be su- suspect of what I was doing until Ted. I realize now that I should have not should have not asked her to put the q-tip in her mouth because grace had told ted and ted that i realized to ask her 
to swap her mouth, and now Ted is acting really weird about me. I tried explaining to him that I have valid concerns. However, he's extremely mad at me to the point where he isn't talking to me, and him and Grace are now going places without me. Ted has stopped sleeping in the same bed as me. I just don't think that he realizes there's a chance that our daughter will switch at birth. She doesn't even really look that much like either of us. And I have nonchalantly pointed that out to Ted. However, he'll say, oh, she has my chin. Or, oh, she has your nose. But neither of those statements are true. Ted has natural black hair and my natural hair color is brown. Somehow, Grace is a redhead. Ted dismisses that baby that I gave birth to in the delivery room had light brown hair. Ted has continually argued with me that our baby had light orange hair. I know I was exhausted after getting birth and a little loopy from the epidural, but I swore my baby had brown hair. It takes two weeks for the DNA test to arrive, and I've been really exhausted lately where I could barely keep my eyes open. I don't know if it's from the stress from Ted ignoring me or the regrets I have for ordering the test. I just can't seem to keep my eyes open to the point where I had to pull over to the side of the road when I was driving to work yesterday. When I got to work, I was useless because I was so tired, and I had to go home because my supervisor told me that I wasn't fit for duty at my nail salon job. So I went home and went right back to bed. Ted didn't even ask me if I was okay. It just seems like every time I try to drag myself around the house, now both Ted and Grace are watching me in suspicion. I go downstairs, and I'll turn around, and I'll see Grace come out of her room just to see where I was going. I can barely even muster up any energy when I walk. I haven't told anyone else about the DNA test that I've ordered, not even my elderly sick mother, because I don't want her to be looked, I don't want to be looked at to her as a witch. I feel really uncomfortable and desensitized at home because I've decided to stay in a hotel room for at least tonight. I don't even want to say goodbye either to Ted or Grace, but I feel like I have to at least say bye to Grace. If she needs anything, call me, or I gave her the impression that she was that was just going to the store. I booked a night at the Days Inn for $59, and the second I got to my hotel room, I made my way straight up to the bed and passed out right away. I woke up nine hours later at 4 a.m., and I finally feel like I have some energy, so I called the DNA lab at 8 a.m., check of my status of the sample I sent in, and the technician told me that the results should arrive at my house tomorrow and that she wasn't authorized to tell me the results. I felt well enough to go to work for today, and I wasn't able to work the whole shift, and then I went back to the hotel room. For some reason, I don't feel as drowsy as I did when I was at home, which is making me a little suspicious. Both Ted and Grace have tried contacting me with nonstop texts, phone calls, but I'm starting to feel like they might have been intentionally drugging me with something which I have a feeling maybe added to the coffee sweetener that I keep in the container in the kitchen cabinet. Being alone in the hotel room has given me more time to reflect on my marriage and on Grace. I'm starting to reflect on how I met Ted at the bar in Philadelphia when I went out with two of my friends. Ted was really charming and I was flabbergasted when he chose to ask me out on a follow-up date over my two friends who were clearly more attractive than me. But now I'm starting to second guess his motives for choosing me. I remember the four of us were laughing at a table in the bar where Ted 
was asking us personal questions to quote-unquote get to know us better. I was the only one of the girls that didn't have a father, and I was the least attractive. So I'm wondering if he chose me because I was more vulnerable or I could be manipulated easier. It wasn't like I was telling some really good jokes or anything. I even remember one of my friends asking him if he had a slight accent, which he denied and contributed to a lisp. However, over the years, I have thought to myself, English is actually his second language because it seems like at times he struggles to convert the right words in his possible native language. Ted had made a good amount of money before we met and had invested in bitcoins and other successful ventures, where his full-time job was just managing his money. One day, I came home from work, and I swore I heard him talk on a phone and on the phone in a different language when he didn't realize I was in the house. Another time I heard him talking in a different language was when he thought I passed out from the epidural after giving birth where I was just resting my eyes. I was certain to him and that agency nurse spoke the same foreign language together when I was questioning him later on. He denied it and blamed it on the epidural. I've only met his parents one time who supposedly lived in Dallas. Part of me had questioned if they were paid actors because they seemed to be a fake connection between him and his parents. And I haven't seen or heard from them since Grace was born. Sometimes Ted will be on the phone with them, and but I'm really starting to question if he had been pretending to talk on the phone with them if and if there was no one on the phone. Even the birthday and Christmas cards we would receive from his parents always seemed suspicious where his parents would type out their greetings instead of using a pen. Last New Year's Day, when once again Ted thought I was passed out from drinking, I heard him say something like, Strawwi leto bozo nil neto leto on the phone, which I texted him myself so I wouldn't forget. I'm so sorry I can't speak a foreign language, but besides doing that quick online search, I had neglected to follow up it, but now I'm really curious about its origins. I called up the University of Pennsylvania, and one of their ingolistic professors seemed all too eager to try to help me. After reading what I have texted myself the night Ted said it, Within 30 seconds, I had sent him what Ted said on New Year's Day. And within 30 seconds, he was certain that the origins were Sorbarian, which he explained to me is a small minority group in Germany. And he had even told me that it was New Year's greeting where I didn't even tell the professor that I heard Ted say it on New Year's Day. I researched the Sorban German Salvic origins online and stumbled across a few different scenarios on why Ted kept his roots a secret from me, but one Reddit post really creeped me out. This one woman recounted her father fighting in the Germans in World War II and unknowingly being hunkered down in a small Sorban village where he was cut off from his battalion. Her father told her that he thought she was hiding 
out some random old farmhouse, but he saw satanic and really odd religious motives stern. This one woman recounted her father fighting in the Germans in World War II and unknowingly being hunkered down in a small Serbian village when he was cut off from his battalion. Her father told her that he thought she was hiding out in some random old far- farmhouse that he saw satanic. And really odd religious motives strewn through all around the farmhouse. The Serbian people didn't know her father was in the farmhouse And he told his daughter years later that there was a child that could be best described as Lucifer. Where he observed human sacrifice being offered up to the eventually escaped the Sorbayan village and was weirded out to tell any of the GIs of what he witnessed. I really had to stop and think what I read for just a few moments. I feel like someone who had just been used and abused for my whole life from my father leaving my mother since I was nine years old to none of the other boys wanting me till Ted, which I'm now learning was just a way to foster his evil demise. I can't stop crying as I know I'll be some old maid for the rest of my life who works in a nail salon making minimum wage. These thoughts are too much for me to handle, so I stick with the ageist slogan that if you can't beat them, then join them, because Grace and Ted are all that's left besides my elderly sick mother. So, I find an English, online English Shorbarian translation app, and I text a phrase what that Ted, that said from, translate from Shorbarian. For now, one, there will be no more lying or concealing of any information from me about yourself or Grace. I don't know what, I don't know what Grace is, but I've raised her since... She was a baby, and the only thing I ask for you is to be honest with me. Once you agree, then I'll come back. Test, Ted texts back to me, what is prassy, which translates to I'm sorry and I understand. I went home the night hugging Gr- night, and Grace and Ted met me by the front door where I think Ted concerned Grace into hugging me. I really don't know what Ted's ultimate goal for Grace is. I'm just hoping over time he'll get more information for me. He's already convinced to me that he was getting money from his suburban village and not from the investments he had made. Also, I got in the impression that my baby is fine and was sent to the suburban village to be raised as a suburban. I didn't even bother to look at the DNA test. However, I get repeated phone calls from scientists about rare genetic sequences that no one has ever seen before, which I just tell them that I sent in a fake sample and not one that was from Grace, which scientists seem skeptical about. I don't know what Grace's mission is with the United States, but now I'm more concerned as a scientist trying to abduct her. I had sent him what Ted said on New Year's Day, and within 30 seconds, he was certain that the origins were Sorbarian, which he explained to me is a small minority group in Germany, and he had even told me that it was New Year's 
greeting where I didn't even tell the professor that I heard Ted say it on New Year's Day. I researched the Sorbonne German Salvic origins online and stumbled across a few different scenarios on why Ted kept his roots a secret from me, but one Reddit post really creeped me out. To find this story on Reddit, search r slash scary stories, and the user is u slash mpt6921. Bye!